It's time to improve your customer experience from every possible angle. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method. It could be email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month, rather than doing a marketing method, we are all about customer experience, something that's now critical to get right if you want to build future success into your business. We've got five episodes coming up for you on this topic where we'll be exploring CX from many different angles. In today's episode, we're starting with customer communications. How can you use them to improve the customer experience both before and after the purchase? So loads of great tips. This is a tip heavy episode. We will be talking about welcome campaigns. We're talking about abandoned basket campaigns and post purchase campaigns, plus lots of advice that can improve the quality of your comms and therefore the sales you drive from it across the whole customer journey. Now, do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode, because at the end of the interview, my guests will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your email marketing, including loads of great resource advice. And then I will be sharing my take on it all with you, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you improve your customer experience even more. So make sure you stay tuned right to the end. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with customer experience expert, Greg Zakowitz. Greg is the e-commerce expert at email and SMS marketing platform Omnisend and host of the Cart Insiders podcast. Hello, Greg. Hey, Chloe. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Always love doing things like this. Well, as do I, and I love talking email, email and SMS marketing. And it's it's great to have you on because we haven't caught up since, I think, I was trying to work this out earlier, since we recorded a session for last year's virtual summit. So it's been a while. I think that sounds about right to me. Yes. So it has yeah. been a while. So that's on me. So apologies for leaving it so long to get you back on back on one of our content platforms. Well, look, tell the audience how you ended up in email and SMS, because you've been doing it for quite a while, haven't you? I have. So it's nuts to think about, but I'm over 15 years deep on this stuff now. Um, so it, it's crazy. And I'll, you know me, Chloe, I will give you the longest answer to the shortest question possible. I will try to keep this more succinct, though, because you can always just ping me on LinkedIn and I get more details if you want to. So um, I kind of fell into by happenstance. So I was switching from a radio broadcasting career to a marketing career, which was a, a second major in college for me. 
and I went to work for a radio promotions company. It was a startup. And at the time we were uh, traveling around. It was almost like if you think about it, like pop-up shops, it was a traveling pop-up shop. Uh, and we were collecting email addresses and phone numbers there for email marketing purposes. And it was kind of this feel your way into it. You know, we were using MailChimp way back then because that was kind of the free platform at the time had what you needed to. And then eventually got into a company where all we did was email marketing. That was how we cut, you know, I cut my teeth, so to speak, and just kind of grew up as email was growing up at the same time and sank myself into learning as much as possible. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good way to get it. And that trans, you know, that knowledge, the success, the testing we had as crude as it might've been, some of the poor list hygiene practices way back then, <laughs> which I'll talk to you about over a drink sometime because uh, they're pretty wild, but uh, just kind of grew up in there. And then that transitioned me over to an actual email platform and, and consulting in that work. And that, it, that's been between analysts, consulting and stuff like that. That's been my last decade or so. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those channels it has been fascinating to see grow. And, and yet the the potential of it just doesn't seem to have diminished at all. If you use it right. It's nuts. We talk about the same things. I always tell people, I said, you know, 13 years ago, you could do abandoned cart messaging. It was just a lot harder to do, right? You needed a third party and the integrations weren't easy. And now, you know, you could open up an account with OmniSend, like an email provider and integrate it with your e-com platform in two minutes. And then you've got abandoned cart there and you're done. And it's like a 10 minute thing to create a message and stuff like that. It's so easy now. And it was still there 13 years ago. It's just, we, everyone's grown up. The sophistication's grown up. The ability to uh, fine tune your targeting has grown up, but the core principles are still really the same now than they were that back then. It's cool, but it, it but I find it frustrating when people go, "Oh yeah, I still must set up my abandoned basket email." I'm like, "What? If you knew the pain we went through to try and do that 15 years ago, I, <laughs> you don't know you're born." <laughs> you know, I used to tell people, I said when I, when I was segmenting emails, and we had when I was so I always tell people I went from student to practitioner to consultant to analyst, and now I just kind of combine all of it together to. Um, to kind of be out here and do what I do. But, uh, you know, back when I was segmenting and our, everything we sent when I was practitioner was fully segmented. Uh, I used to have to send the request to an IT guy who would run a, a, a SQL, uh, my SQL uh, thing and like, get me this database back. He's like, all right, here are your segments. And I'm like, really? There's no easier way. Now there's an easier way, you know? <laughs> well, it um, before we spend the whole of this interview reminiscing and <laughs> comparing the past to the present, the reason I, I wanted to get you on and the reason we're doing this whole month here on Keep Optimizing is that I think we've turned a corner. We've kind of crossed a, a chasm, mounted the summit. I don't know, some kind of thing we've done in this industry, which is we can't, we've got to think customer experience at every turn now. And I think that means we need to really properly start thinking about our email and our SMS marketing, those those communication marketing communications channels as customer experience channels, not just as sales channels with the occasional blog post email in them. So we say we're not totally salesy. Is, is that what you're seeing? You know, because you're a lot deeper in this than I am, Greg. 
Yeah, and I, I think the sales, we can actually rope sales into the conversation, but I think there these two things are, are related to a lot a degree. Obviously, post-purchase, we'll talk about those things because you have a bad experience, you're less likely to come back and buy. You have a great experience, you're more likely to come back and buy. Pretty obvious stuff there. But we put out, so we put out these stats reports every year, and it's just, they're not gated reports. You can just go to our website and go to the resources section and find them. We just put one out. It just released on the first half of 2022, and we, we put it out now just to prepare people for the holidays. Ultimately, what we find there year over year in the first half of this year, 29% of all email marketing orders come from automated messages. And those automated messages this for the first half of this year, 1.75% of cents. Normally, it's around that 29% to 2% somewhere in that figure. The reason I say that is we're talking about orders there, but... It's the intent of those automated messages, right? We talk about behavior-based life cycle. So what do I do? I sign up for an email program because I'm new to your brand. What do I get? I get messages that should be as relevant to me based on my intention. Now that intention has shifted over. The, we talk about email changing over the last decade. You know, the best practices used to tell you to do things like, oh, introduce them, write this story about your brand and have them fill out preferences, you know, preference forms. And those things are gone now. And it's really about driving the sale. But the reason you're driving the sale is because that's the intention. They're not on your website to read a brand story or to find you on social. They're there to likely make a purchase, whether you or someone else. And I think if you follow that intention across any message you send, it could be an SMS message thanking them for a purchase. It could be a post-purchase message. It could be a browser. But if you cater those messages to the, the implied intention of the user at that point, you're going to provide a better experience for them. And that's why those messages convert so well. They just kind of go on the shopping journey, browse abandonment. I'm on your website. I'm browsing something in your website. Send me this reminder message. I might convert. I might not. But it provides a better shopping experience overall for me because it's a relevant, timely message. And they don't always have to be sales-oriented messages. But I think if we center on this concept of customer intent and what would benefit my customer the most at this particular stage, I think that applies to the customer journey, whether it's sales-driven or not sales-driven. I, I think this is ultimately what most marketers should really be thinking about when they craft an email or craft an SMS message or you know, any sort of line of communication with your customers. What's that intention of the customer at this particular stage with me? And how do I how do I meet that and hopefully surpass that uh, intention with, with delight? So are we saying a story and the 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 warmer the more emotional side of it we should cut back completely or is there a place for that when it is the answer to the question what's the best thing i can send them right now there's totally a place for it yeah i think in some instances you should cut back i think a welcome series a card abandonment might be another instance right they're a little more uh transactional messages in nature and i know the welcome some people will go well it's a welcome i should be introducing myself well you could do that and still be sales oriented and meet that intention. You just don't have to write a paragraph, you know, you, or maybe you want to write a paragraph if you want to get more into it. You don't even have to write a book, right? You don't need four paragraphs, <laughs> especially if people are opening their phones. Like I'm not scanning that, you know, I want the TLDR version, but I'm not there. Like I can go to your website and click on about us and figure out your story. Now, if there's something in that story that is a core component of your brand, then you should be highlighting those things because that's ultimately, if it's so important, that's what's going to get that emotional connection with your consumers. 
So that is an area where, yeah, you want to bring out that storyteller and the good feel to it, but crafting a, a whole series on like, hey, this is why we're awesome. And it's about the, the brand as opposed to like the value ads you offer and products you offer. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. So there's definitely a fine line between the two, but you know, if, we, if you can combine them, I think the better off you're going to be, the more you can do so. So it's definitely a blend between the two. So reframing that story to be directly relevant to the barriers to purchase, the questions customers ask, how it then leads into the product you actually, you know, featuring the product and saying, buy this product. Exactly. And I think Carter Pan is a really good example in this case, right? They've carted a product. They've got enough trust in you. They might be wishlisting it, but that's okay. But they've got enough trust in your brand where they scoped out something, they've clicked add the cart maybe for later, maybe the price shopping, whatever, right? You don't need to tell them about yourself in those card abandonment emails, right? You need to over, like you said, overcome those obstacles, the conversion, right? Is it free returns? Now, again, we go back to like these brand ethos things. If you have something really important, well, we can use that in the card abandonment message. Don't forget, you know, we are hundred percent animal cruelty free, uh, organic, whatever it might be, right? Sustainable products or whatever. You can rope those things in, tell a little bit of a story, but still leave it transactional. And in some cases, it's going to be mostly transactional. You're not going to want to promote those things, but look for those areas where you can, and it makes it very subtle or subtle, but still in your face. And you know, if you just think about it, what would matter to me as a consumer 90% 90% of the time, your answers are right there in front of you. So That makes me think of a, of a brand I interviewed over on our e-commerce master plan podcast recently who sell makeup specifically designed for the woman who's over 60. Okay. When your skin changes, you need different products. And I can see in their abandoned basket, you'd want maybe a, a small graphic picture of the founder, a reminder why the founder created the business and a testimonial saying how how brilliant this works on your skin you're not going to put in the abandoned basket email a link to a video explaining how to use the foundation because that would be a big distraction from the sales process whereas one of them would be whereas whereas the the testimonial and the founder's quick founder story would get them over the line yeah i think that's a great example and I, i'm not going to add to it cuz i think that's a, it's a perfect way to illustrate exactly you know exactly what i was saying there but it's a good use case for it absolutely Cool. So we've kind of covered welcome sequences. We've just done abandoned baskets and we're kind of dribbling our way towards the post-purchase experience. This is one I, I get. So over the years, I've got super excited by different types of emails at different points in my career. And the ones that get me really excited now are the, the really high quality post-purchase experiences where they, they kind of create the experience of the product before it's even in your hands or they remove challenges you might have. They know you're going to have when you get it. So you're feeling ready to open the box when it arrives. I feel like this is an area where this is the area where most brands are failing with their automated emails at the moment. Is that what you're seeing too, Greg? Yeah. You know, I've been, so I've been saying this for God, probably seven years. (laughs) It's probably half true now, but I said, this is one of the most underutilized email series you can send, but it's one of the most effective and it's one of the most meaningful for uh, customer retention and just that overall purchase experience. 
I do see more brands dabbling into it now than I did say two years ago. And I think maybe the, uh, the pandemic kind of accelerated this, try to feel good a little bit more, but I do see more dabbing into it. Kind of like we saw browse abandonment like five years ago. It was one of these things like, why are people not doing this? You see some, and then all of a sudden it kind of hit this tipping point and they started doing it. I am seeing more of it now, but I still think it's wildly underutilized. Like you said, I always say that the purchase experience and the customer experience starts from the, the moment they sign up for your email program. And it goes through the welcome with relevant timing messages. It goes all the way through to conversion. And if you have a terrible experience there, you're probably not getting the conversion. But even if you get the conversion, because maybe you're the lowest price, right? And they're like, oh, I'll ignore the other stuff. If that post-purchase drops and just falls flat on its face, good luck. Right? They're going to go somewhere else. And I think the post-purchase, to your point, right? this is where we can really engage people. They're already happy. They're excited about the product coming. We could do things before they get the product. We could do things even after they get the product. Um, and I, again, we go back to customer intention. So I'll give you a good example here. I used to do the majority of the cooking in the house. That role has flipped over the last probably five years between me and my wife. Now she does the majority of the cooking in the house. I'm an okay cook, but pandemic, we're all home all the time. We've got a couple of kids at home. So I buy a baking steel because we have pizza Fridays and I'm like, I'm going to start making some pizza every now and then with something to do with the kids. Right. And so it's kind of like a pizza stone for those that aren't familiar, but it's a big sheet of steel, right? It's heavy, but you can cook a pizza on it in like four minutes. Right. You throw it in there and it superheats it so I can churn and burn a bunch of small pizzas. Now, I don't know the first thing about making a pizza. I've never made one in my life. All right. But I buy it because marketing was good and um, <laughs> send customers. So shout out Baking Steel. Um, so they got me there and then I bought a peel with it to go with so I can get it off the steel and throw different ones in there. What I love about them is they don't have maybe the emails aren't the absolute prettiest in the world. But what do I need to know as a person who's going to bake pizza? Well, I need a recipe, right? So they've got blog content about the recipe, but in their post-purchase series, it is, hey, here is our 72-hour um, pizza dough recipe. It's the best thing you'll ever have. They have a couple of the recipes in there, but they're giving me content that is serving the purpose of doing nothing other than helping me utilize that product better and to be more confident in this. Now, pizza is a good example because what do you do, right? You go to my Instagram page and you can see pizzas I've made because right? I'm sharing it and I'm tagging them, right? So now I'm creating content for them, but this is all social proof. You mentioned testimonials before, Ricardo, man, I'm creating social proof. That message is not designed to get me to buy another product. It's there to help me have a better experience with the product. And I'm going to do other things from there and make them more appealing to other customers. Now, they have another message in that series, right? And they'll have different ones, right? If you buy a griddle versus a steel, a pizza stone, you know, a pizza steel, they have a different message for that, giving you different recipes. But these messages do convert for them, right? They wildly drive revenue, but they're not trying to. That's not the purpose. This is all a like gravy for them or, you know, pizza sauce for them, I guess, if you want to <laughs> you know, use some bad, bad uh, analogies here. But, you know, I think that's a really good example of how do we get someone to use or utilize our product better or to feel more confident in what they bought. And I think this is where like product care. So this was another email they have, but I love product care emails. I think it's awesome, right? I don't care if I bought something and it costs four bucks. You send me a product care email, I immediately think to myself, that's more valuable than four bucks, right? There's quality behind it because they're telling me how to care for it. I think these are great and they really go across 
lots of different products, right? It could be shoes or jackets, right? Wash care instructions or waterproofing, right? And these obviously upsells with product care as well. But I think there were great messages they have. They just make people feel good about their products, but it's all about that experience. So again, there's my really long answer for a short question. Well, no, uh, but it's but a great answer. I love that pizza one because it it's like... <sighs> Okay, you got a pizza pizza steel. You don't know how to make pizza. When that arrives, if you haven't had that content in between ordering and arrival, you're like, oh god, I'm opening this up, and this is this is a set of tasks. It's right. I've got to get it out, learn how to use it, learn how to make pizza dough. There's a whole load of stuff I've got to learn as I open that box. They send you it beforehand. Then you've already bought the right, pro you know, the right flour, the right water. The 72 hour dough recipe to make the perfect pizza. I'm guessing the 72 hours is how long you have to leave it, you know, pure curing or whatever it is that dough does. It, and it's fermenting. Yeah. Yeah. So you've probably yeah. already got it fermenting. So you're not sat around going, oh, now I can't make any pizza. I've got to wait for, for the, I've now got to find the, find the recipe. I've now got to get the ingredients. And it turns it from like a, a tense, annoying, unboxing experience to a yeah it's arrived right let's get the dough out the cupboard and away we go experience and that is a that's a game changer for a brand you know you you can send if you've done that in advance you can then send them the review email the day after they've received it and you'll get some good review content if you haven't done that you can send them the review email after that i don't know you didn't send me a recipe i can't find out how to do pizza and you get something ranty and it, it makes it's such a simple thing but it makes such a big impact yeah and if you you think about this too right so if i don't get this email now one i might google on their website and you know, or search their website and say, how do I make the pizza dough? Which their pizza dough, by the way, there's like three ingredients. It's so easy to do, right? So like my my, my sons helped me with it. They can knead it and all that stuff. And then we just slice it up. But to your point, what am I doing otherwise, right? I'm just Googling pizza dough recipe. Now I have no idea if that's a good recipe or not. It's going to be like everything else. It's going to be trial and error. What if I Google that and they're really good at SEO, whoever it is, right? It's just recipe.com and I go with this generic recipe that I just make and it's terrible. What is my thought then? This pizza, you know, this baking steel stinks because it can't make a good pizza. It's not the steel's fault, it's the user error, right? But maybe I just got a bad recipe. So they've got a chef who kind of runs everything that they do live pizza classes, right? Pizza dough classes. So these are, we talk about customer experiences. They do live classes where you could just sign up. It's, it doesn't cost anything. They send an email about it. And then you go and they teach you different methods for how to make pizza, or it could be croissants, right? You could make a lot of different things, any sort of bread products on there, but they're trying to engage, be the experts in this field. They're trying to engage your customers. They're trying to build a community and they're trying to do these other things. And we talk about product review messages, right? What am I doing here? Of course I'll review this thing. You gave me a recipe. You know that recipe works for your steel. It's awesome. By the way, I now look at you as the expert on that. So any other recipes I'm gonna do, now I'm consuming your content because I'm gonna check for croissants or check for fried dough or whatever it might be, right? I'm gonna do those things on your website now. I'm gonna feel connected. And when I want, I need a new griddle, where am I going? I'm going to buy the griddle from you or I need a bigger uh, peel or whatever it might be. So like these things are all connected here. If you give them the content and you send the review, we know not everyone fills out 
product reviews, but I am much more likely to share photos on social media and tag you in it and positively than negatively, even if I don't do a review. And for them, it should be gold. That should be just as good, right? That should be a gold mine for them. Yeah. And it, and it gives you something to talk about. Why are we talking about it? Because they've built their, your trust in them by giving you good content. That's work that's given you ex experience with your kids, you know, and if your kids have got friends around on Friday night and they're joining in with the pizza and the friend's parents go, wow, that worked really well. What, what are you using? You're not going to say just a pizza steal. You're going to say pizza steal from this company. They've got a great recipe. Try the 72 hour dough and then you can make croissants. And all of a sudden this whole story comes out. I feel like we could talk about this particular pizza well, forever. I, I know. I know. This, <laughs> so, this is like a free advertisement yeah. for them, right? Here, <laughs> let me just give you a quick background about how transformational this can be, right? So I used it. I liked it. I'm like, you know what? This would make a great gift. I'm, I'm always very thoughtful about giving my, this one thing my wife always tells me. Like she'll mention something and I'll go in my notes on my phone. And I'll just jot it down. And I've got this list for when it's birthday or Christmas or whatever. And she's always like, you always have the most thoughtful gifts. And it's just, I try to remember things. So I, I use this thing and I'm like, you know what? This would make a really good gift. So last year, my team worked really hard for me. They were under the gun. So I sent them each a baking steel for, as a thank you gift. It was like a holiday thank you gift, something I do for the team every year. So now they, but what is the company? All they did was try to make my life easier using their product. And I've turned around and I bought multiple of them. And I gave them away as gifts. And now, of course, I tagged them in social media. So I'm not going to be mean to them because that just makes me look bad. So consumer psychology here. But it, these things where they're not trying to sell something, they then sold multiple of them because I valued the product and I valued the company and I valued my connection and community to it. And boom, here you go. And now you've got a advocate. And we're, we're talking about podcasts about a company now. But I think it's a really good example of just small, simple things add up to really big things. And it comes back to to exactly what you were saying at the beginning, is think about the customer intent. What's the customer trying doing at this point in time? They're waiting for their product to arrive. What's the best thing I can send them during this other than delivery information? Is something that makes the unboxing experience and the use case better. Well, we've got 20 blogs about pizza dough. Let's pick the best one. One link added to an email and suddenly the experience changes massively. And it's not... It's just a bit of thought and scheduling and all of a sudden away, away we go. So I love what you said there, because this is one thing, and this might be when we talk about kind of like resources to the end, which I know you always do in your podcast, but this is something where like people want to get started on something. And I always tell people that whatever you want to communicate, whether it's a welcome message or card event, we talk about testimonials, whatever, 95% of what would make an awesome message out of any sort of life cycle message you can send, you probably already created and you probably already have in a website. Testimonials and star reviews, they're already done. They're on your website. Any sort of blog content, you know, product sizing videos, done. How to's. If you have a product that is demonstrative, you probably have how to's on there or social posts with how to's that you can just convert into an email. So, I, people, a lot of times you get paralysis by analysis. You're like, oh, what do I put in here? Look at your own content. My guess is you have something, almost all of it already done. You just need to format it into a delivery mechanism, like an email or an SMS to, to, to push off the most value to it. So a lot of people overthink it. It doesn't need to be overthought. 
That's one of the reasons I love putting out content like this at this time of the year, because I know everyone's kind of like up against it as this episode goes out. But these are simple tweaks you can make that don't take a lot of time and could make a huge difference on customer satisfaction this year and sales this year in the earlier pieces in the, in the, you know, in the buying journey, but also which are going to pay off for you next year as well. And it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not difficult. It's not difficult stuff, this honest, everybody. Um, Greg, before we wrap up on this section of our chat, anything we should really have mentioned um, to improve customer experience across our marketing comms channels? So I, it's, it's advice that I know you've given before and other people have given before, but I, I would reiterate it. I would go through your own purchase process and go through your competitor's purchase process and document what happens, how you feel, and kind of look for those blind spots where maybe you're neglecting here. And this could be, you know, common neglecting things are order and shipping confirmation messages or order and shipping confirmation SMSs. You know, these are areas where a lot of people, they just have the prefab templates go out and you can make those better, right? You can drive sales from them, but like you can make customer service sections on there to make it more friendly and, and you know provide easy links for those those you know people click on them they check them if you don't have sms going for order and shipping confirmation i think it's a great way to really add value to the uh, purchase experience all right so people always love to know when it gets shipped they want to know when it's out for delivery like those are things that people just love i get them all the time and i'm like oh that's great you know i know to look out for it today so Go through the purchase process, maybe have a friend do it as well, and just see what they think and think about, hey, does this message I get, does it match my intention? It does it does it improve my purchase experience? Does it hurt the purchase experience or does it really do nothing for it? And if it does nothing or hurt, try to do something to make it better. And if it does great, look at it and say, oh, can we make this a little bit better? And if so, how? I think, again, simple questions, but go through it yourself. And it'll all be evident for you. And I think that's one thing that people rarely do anymore is go through their own purchase process. Yeah. And it's, it's so you'll find so many things you think are working, which actually aren't working or which you're convinced you've updated, but you actually didn't. I, so um, I got one a couple of days ago, a great example, and it's super short. So you'll love me for it. I got one and a Google plus social icon at the bottom, right? They just, they obviously just, copy paste the footers as they move through new email providers or whatever over the course of the years. But I clicked on it. I'm like, I wonder where this thing takes me. But like small things like that, right? Do I think less of the brand? Well, I think they're not as detailed as they probably were. Does that reflect the customer service? It probably doesn't. But perception's reality from the consumer perspective, right? If you're not up if you're not paying attention to that and you let that slip through the cracks, what else you let slip through the cracks? So I think it's a good example, right? Check it out. Google Plus. Yeah, that went away four years ago. Let's remove it. Yeah, let's get rid of your Google Plus logos, everybody. Well, look, Greg, it's been brilliant picking your brains about uh, how our comms can improve our customer communication experiences. Uh, listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end, though, so you don't miss out on Greg's insider tips on customer experience and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. 
This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Greg, so far we've gone deep into customer communications, customer experience. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the, oh, let's just say the whole world of e-commerce for the sake of clarity here. So for the following questions, uh, your answer can be anything to do with customer experience in e-commerce, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. So Greg, are you ready for these? I am ready. Okay. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? So I think one, go through the purchase, like go through your own processes, I think is always a good way to do it. So if you have a welcome series, get an email address, sign up for the welcome series, see, check the timing, see if the messages fit, see what they're doing here. Do the same thing for your competitors, of course, right? So, or even not competitors, right? Just other People, there's a lot you can learn from industries, not your like yourself. So go through the process like you're a consumer or a customer. You'll learn tons. You're a newbie. You're going to want to learn. Uh, I always tell e-commerce, email marketing, like these things, they evolve quickly, but they also evolve slowly and over time, right? It's kind of this like weird dichotomy in the industry. So a lot of people have gone through this. I've been through 15 plus years of this. Like you've been in this for a while. There's still a lot of stuff I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff I love to share. So this is where Twitter, link, uh, LinkedIn, super helpful. I, if you've been to an e-commerce conference, people love to share with the community. It's a great community. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's willing to give stuff away. Connect with people on Twitter and LinkedIn, right? Ask them a question. If you don't know something, check out uh, community forums. Like you could do an email geek Slack channel, which if you have specific questions, great. Shopify has a uh, Slack group as well where different channels for different uh, things, whether you're a vendor or a, uh, a merchant, whatever, but you can ask questions. Like use that community because the community is awesome. So I would say just just go through and utilize the resources and ask questions because people will give you the answers, right? Or they'll give you perspective on answers. Then you can formulate your what works best for you. So that's where I would go with it. Uh, it's immensely helpful just asking people. Yeah, just ask everybody. I love that advice. Um, now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? Slowly, but surely, right? So when you talk about, let's say, your own emails, right? So, okay, I've got a welcome message, but Greg tells me it could be better, right? Because I'm not doing these things. Well, how do you know it could be better? Well, maybe it can. Maybe I'm just dead wrong, right? But look for, hey, do I have high opens, but I don't have high clicks? Or do I have high clicks, but it's not converting, right? We're figuring out where that gap kind of falls off. And then think to yourself, we go back to the intent of the customer. Think to yourself, if I'm a customer, and this is why it's helpful to kind of go through your own process. Why did I sign up? Am I getting what I thought I was going to get from the company? And if you do that, you can figure out usually 
identify that one place where you can optimize small things and a small, like I used to have a boss that said, shavings make a pile, right? So you optimize those small things, they'll build over time. So look for where the fall off is, kind of jump in there. You know, there's really goals, two goals of every email. It's to make it better, right? You want to personalize the message as much as possible. That could be through segmentation, could be through click-based segmenting or click-based automation. So if I get a welcome message and I've got men's, women's, kids at the top of my navigation bar and I click on men's and you click on women's, right? It's one simple tweak, but we can automate a men's detailed series or a men's detailed next message to go off to me with recommended products or recommended, you know, men's categories and the vice versa for you, right? Get the, so personalize the message as best possible um, and easy as possible. And then the seconds to cater to the intent, a lot of the time those things overlap, but um, those are two ways to kind of look for small optimization opportunities and figure out how you can make small dents. But again, those shavings make a pile. That's what you want to hit with and just go. And again, don't overthink it, right? Smalls, I would say small, stupid things matter. Small, stupid things matter, right? Just change the small things and see what happens from it. I, I love that. Shavings make a pile. Keep making those little tweaks, everybody. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about customer experience or email marketing, et cetera, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Um, so I don't know about one, but I think, again, this just goes down to community, right? So figure out, uh, the big thing is I, there's there's people out there that will sell, you know, $1,000 email marketing courses and stuff like that. In my opinion, there's nothing out there from an email or e-commerce perspective that you can't get for free, right? So if you engage your community, you'll get everything kind of listed for you there. Now, if there's something like a deep dive or something very specific niche oriented or technology platform, then yeah, you might want to consider cost of, you know, time to cost ratio. Uh, a couple of things that can be useful for you. So email marketing courses, um, Shopify Learn. If you're a Shopify customer or if not, you can create a Shopify account. But Shopify Learn is kind of, it's almost like a Udemy, right? It's free courses created by content creators out there with a bunch of different topics. You don't have to pay for them. Um, I have one that I did six months ago, maybe on three automated messages that every brand should have. So you can always just search there, but you just type in email marketing, you'll get a list of them there. Um, it, check out Shopify Learn. I mentioned the Slack communities already. I think those are really good because they broke down by email design or deliverability, right? Kind of whatever spe uh, specialty for email you want to do is in there. Ask questions. And, um, you know, if you don't know who to find on LinkedIn or Twitter, you're like, I just type in email marketing, right? And you're like, oh, I find Greg. I find this person over here. Here's what you do. Go to a conference agenda, right? This is great. I used to do this for podcast booking, right? With, with <laughs> podcasts. I'm like, can I come up with some cool topics here? And I go to a conference agenda for, uh, you know, it could be e-tail or shop talk or whatever, and go through the agenda look at things that are related or look at really interesting things and see who the presenters are. And then you can kind of facilitate through a little bit. Is it a vendor presenting, which is okay, right? You just need to look at the person there or is it an actual e-commerce brand or a, uh, you know, a brick and mortar merchant go through an agenda though. Look for cool topics, look for things that are related and re then you can reach out, you know, who to target on LinkedIn or Twitter and just kind of see what they're writing and following about. And I think that's a really good resource that a lot of people don't use either. So I would go with those. 
I'm going to extend that and say, just scroll back through yes. our episodes on this podcast. Because we've had a, had a load of email experts on, all of whom are awesome, lovely, lovely people who would be more than happy, as she says. If any of them say no, tell me. Uh, he'd be more than happy to help you out on Twitter or LinkedIn. So, um, so definitely go and have a scroll through that too. Awesome resource advice there, Greg. Uh, finally, it's crystal ball time. The big one. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Oh, man. Um, I think this is where like things move slow. <laughs> I, I think like the six to 12 month thing is always a tough one. As crazy as it sounds, I think we will see, we already see it, but we've been seeing it for years. I think we're going to see kind of a pivot back to a greater focus on email marketing for the next six to 12 months. And the reason I say that is there's generally more cost certainty with email, right? You don't have the, the, the higher ebbs and flows like you do on say paid search and paid social. And we know paid social has kind of been in a weird state for a while with costs going up and then iOS 15 or iOS 14 really stripping down you know, the targeting effectiveness and it's it's in a weird place. Email marketing is a lot of first party data, right? We know who opens, we know who clicks, opens are a little dicey, but um, with iOS 15, but we have more first party data. We can integrate with that with SMS as well. And I think where you have more cost certainty, you have more clarity into the effectiveness of it. And you know that it's an opt-in channel so people are responsive to it. I think we're gonna see a kind of a dial back and more ad dollars brought back to email and try to kind of blow that out of the water, if you will, right? Optimizing messages that maybe we've seen, or it's been taken for granted probably the last 18 months, in my opinion. I think it's gonna pivot back a little bit more. I think SMS is the one thing we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Growth is phenomenal. Check out that stats report I mentioned on send um, for kind of the growth year over year and half over half, including the effectiveness and, and number of orders it's driving. I think we'll see a bigger merge there, but I think we're just gonna see a general dial back for uh, for email marketing in the next six, 12 months that we maybe haven't seen in the last 18. I've seen at least one Facebook ads shiny expert on Insta or TikTok or something, at least one of them has been saying, email marketing is the new exciting thing. So I think, um, I think that proves the point. They're all coming over to email marketing. So yeah, now's the time to up your email game, everybody. Um, Greg, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Omnisend? Yeah. So uh, myself, mostly active on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram as well. It's, I'm not overly exciting though. So um, you could just plug in my name if you misspell it. You know, autocorrect will work for it. So it's not, it's not too common. So if you're into sports or astrophysics, my my Twitter is about 60% business, 40, yeah, 38% sports, about 2% astrophysics stuff. So uh, I'm a big sports, uh, sports not there, but LinkedIn, Twitter for me. For Omnisend, obviously Omnisend.com. You could do pretty much any social media platform slash Omnisend. We'll get you there. We're active and we monitor all the ones we are on. We're starting to do a little more with YouTube now. So talk about YouTube, uh, you know, another great resource for people as well. We're starting to do a little more with YouTube. We have an Omnisend Academy, which is also free. So uh, courses and, you know, there's onboarding things specific to Omnisend, but not everything is Omnisend specific on there, more e-commerce email uh, related there as well. So you can check us and find us there. And then those stats reports I mentioned, they're not gated. We're not gonna ask you for email address. So just go check out the reports, but they're really good benchmarking. 
tools and just kind of insights. We try to provide a little context behind some of the data you're seeing on there as well. So you kind of see these trends evolve. So that's what I would say. And uh, just feel free, I'm an open book, so feel free to reach out to anyone, either me or anyone on OmniSend. We all love our people. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm off now to make a pizza, I think. Uh, it's going to have to be pizza it, for dinner. It won't be as good, though, I promise. <laughs> no, it's going to it's gonna be one out of the freezer. Uh, but look, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome chatting to you, as always. So thanks for bringing, uh, bringing all your advice. And thanks for having me, Chloe. This was fun. Thank you so much. So we go loads of easy tips for improving the customer experience levels of your email and a little bit of SMS marketing. I think drilling it back to, as Greg says, the customer intent, what's going to benefit them most? What do they want to hear from me at this point in this email? And reframing the content you're sending out there to drive the next step in the purchasing chain and Find a way in your post-purchase emails to get them as excited about your product before it arrives as we were talking about that pizza. Love all those tips. Now, you can get links to all the things we discussed, all those bits that Greg mentioned, the full transcript of the episode, our notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or use our direct to episode links. So that's keepopt.com and then whatever the number of this episode is and any episode we've ever put out, put that in the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct page on the website. Once you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Regular listeners will know I'm normally talking about a webinar at this point. We are not doing a Q&A webinar this month because I figured in the first week of December, you guys have enough to be doing without coming and listening to a customer experience webinar. So we're not doing one. But do sign up to our email list because we'll be sharing loads of useful things um, over the next couple of weeks and months, as always, to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and want to continue learning about customer experience or email marketing right now, scroll back up your feed. You'll find loads of loads of our seasons on email with loads of great advice within those. And if you want more on customer experience, we did a whole uh, masterclass on conversion rate optimization a little while ago. That's episodes 10 to 13 if you want to check those out. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.